0: Okay, so it's official. We're recording. I'm not sure how I'm recording or where it's landing, but...
1: Nailed it! Nailed it. Athlete, performer, gallivander, and nasty woman. Welcome to the Cupcake Du Jour podcast.
0: I have a guest today. Shotgun Suicide.
1: I'm smiling awkwardly. You just.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! I guess let's just get into the reason. Not just that we're talking, because we're lucky to reconnect. We used to be yeah. fortunate. We would reconnect in person like a few times a year. Sometimes.
1: Yeah, we need to do that. It's been like uh, I don't even know how long it's been. I feel like the pen the pandemic like stopped everything. But I hadn't seen you since a few years before the pandemic.
0: Yeah, what I was trying to figure out is, I know we saw each other in 2016 when Exotica Mm. came to Ohio, because that's your home state. Yeah. Did we also bump into each other at Hell City Phoenix in 2018? Were you there?
1: Yeah, I would have been there. Okay. I wish you were there this year. It was so much fun. Dude, the thing is,
0: I loved Phoenix because... You like first of all, fancy ass hotel, the Biltmore. You could like or last time I went, I got a suite and um, shared it with Lusha Suicide and her family. And oh, so I love her
1: so much. Yeah, and
0: the kids were there. Oh my god, I loved it. So we used to cross paths regularly, and mm-hmm. that was because of our affiliation specifically with the brand Suicide Girls. Yes, and so September marks Suicide Girls' birthday. And last 21
1: they they can legally right? drink.
0: <laughs> can legally in your country, they can legally And my, drink. all
1: that's right. Oh, the first time I legally had a drink was actually in your country. I came oh. to visit you in Vesta and I got to drink legally and I was so excited. <laughs> yeah! 19 yes. Beba. Yeah.
0: Well, so yeah, they can legally drink this year. And last year, of course, was a huge celebration with it being the 20th anniversary. But, um, this year I just, I knew going into September that I wanted to feature my experiences and my content for that brand. And then you Mm -hmm. and I have been talking because you are active still in social media and events and, and you had invited me to collaborate with you, which we'll get Mm -hmm. into. And so it occurred to me, like, you're the perfect guest for me (sighs) this month because we get to talk about our shared and and past experiences with suicide girls
1: yeah that was like the basis of my adult life like I started SG 15 years ago and all of my like I literally I still have these friends and even my career like became what it is because of suicide girls who would have thought like no idea like it's it's absolutely insane but then I you know you run into the same people at all these shows and then you kind of you know get attached to these people and then like with you like I see you well I did used to see you everywhere and now it's like ah I can't wait to for things to be like 100% back to normal and start seeing everyone again because that was that was my normal your normal and it's I don't know it's so insane how that molded adulthood I guess and I I guess from someone on the outside looking in they're probably like That's weird, but
0: (laughs) I mean, for people like that, I would offer that we're just not for them. We're never going to be able to explain it in a way that states that curiosity. But I will say that I heard something very similar incidentally um, on a podcast recently, which is that um, Bridget Markhart and Holly Madison, who were girlfriends of Hugh Hefner. Yeah. They've launched a podcast. And it's called Girls Next Level. And I used to watch that show, Girls I Next Level. I loved
1: it, yeah. yeah.
0: And, you know, they've been saying some things in the first couple of episodes that are like so much in line with what you just expressed, which is like, hey, if you weren't there, I don't think it, we can accurately ever explain or paint a picture of it. But if yeah. we were to try, you probably still won't get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. How could something adult- um, like nude modeling, shape your adulthood in positive ways, even if you make room for having made mistakes or for there being parts of that that you wouldn't repeat or wish for others, that mm. doesn't mean that it didn't irrevocably make our lives the way they are
1: today. And yeah, we can celebrate that. It's it's it would be hard not to. Exactly. Yeah. Even I mean, there are some things I, at you know, at at parties, I look back on my on my 20s and I'm like, oh man, like, you know, why did I do that? You know, but it's still, you know, I've had the the best experiences. What, you know, like the, the great life lessons, like no, no regrets, you know, like even, I, I don't know. I do look back on some things and wonder, uh, you know, if other people are telling the story and if I should tell it because it was just so off the wall, you know what I mean? Yes. But that was just part of our normal normal life, you know, I don't know. I wonder what a normal life would be like for someone in their twenties. I have, I have no idea. I feel like I got the experiences I got, you know, to meet so many people. It helped with networking with my actual career, which is absolutely insane. Um, Like, you know, no regrets. And it's, I don't know, the opportunity itself is, is fun. It was ah. just, it's still, I don't know. I still, like you know, meeting up with suicide girlfriends, and even now in our thirties, I feel like when a few of us get together, I all like I have lunch often with. There's two suicide girls here in town, aside from me and here in Cincinnati, and that's Zombie and Casanova. And we have lunch like once a month. We see each other more than once a month, and you know, even like we talk, we talk about like you know, how are you promoting your OnlyFans, and you know, are you going to do a comeback set? And it's still you know, the conversations, I'm sure most people in their thirties are not having these conversations, (laughs) but it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's just, it molded life and it's fun. It
0: is fun. And the thing is too, that if you spend your whole life trying to qualify your choices to others, like you're going to waste a lot of time. Yes. Because we were in an environment that I think at face value had such a like, fuck you, I'll do what I want kind Mm. of outward facing persona. If, if I didn't always identify with that, I surely do now. Cause you're saying in your thirties, I'm in my forties now. And similarly, people look at you and expect certain benchmarks and certain behavior. Yeah, like, yep. cool, That's nice for you, but I've always been an outlier. I've always sort of operated differently from the people in my immediate environment. And so mm-hmm. why would this be any different? And I don't need like a punk rock, sticker to to say the <laughs> like i just i just know that it's okay i think the rest of the world has sort of come around to it and brands like suicide girls certainly made those choices more relevant more common again look at how many people are tattooed now yeah. when it started 21 years ago that was not typical so we've, mm-hmm. we've seen a lot and we've seen the change and the fact that we're still here and we can get together with and celebrate with and even commiserate with our peers Mm -hmm. over these decisions all these years later, I think you nailed it. There are people who reminisce about their 20s, but are they still Mm -hmm. living in an environment similar to or a community similar to their 20s and navigating it as adults effectively and safely and uh, professionally? Uh, Probably not unless they're like a concert promoter or maybe like a bar manager.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah people just think, I feel like, I felt like that, you know, when I hit my thirties, I was supposed to just give up at all of that life, you know? And I was sort of, I don't know, trying to prove I was an adult to people or something. It was, it was, it was like, I don't know. And why, you know, like the career that I have, like, no one cares, you know, like if I, if I go like, if I'm naked on the internet, no one cares if I'm like, going out with like a bunch of my friends like I literally it's my job to go to tattoo conventions like I don't know why in my head like I let that take over my head for a couple years and then I was kind of like yeah this is dumb like you know kind of came back to who I am like this is not who I I don't want to give it up you know I want to like I'm not being irresponsible but I'm still having so much fun I get to go travel and see everyone why would I give that up you know why would anyone give that up
0: Yes, I would argue, I think it's fair to say probably the very earliest models on the site were living a lifestyle that was then being photographed. And so there wasn't necessarily an opportunity for growth. There wasn't the expectation of longevity. It was a moment in time. By the time you and I came along, the brand was established enough that we were starting to see what were the opportunities that came with this choice. And if those two, how could we pursue those? And maybe mm-hmm. keep them, if not a part of our life long term, because who knew back then, just yeah. a part of our year, a part of our travel mm-hmm. plan, a part of our community involvement. And yeah, and then it's only grown from there. Like now the expectation is you can have a whole job, career, life, future. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody gets naked on the Internet anymore without expecting those things. Yeah. And, and yeah. we're sort of like in that sweet spot in the middle where we made it the way we wanted to, mm-hmm. and we remember what came before and we can kind of see too what's coming next and help to steer our own careers. Yeah.
1: It's mind blowing to me that I'm still making money by being naked on the internet. Like it's true. been 15 years. Why am I making money on the internet? You know? Okay. It's, I'll offer
0: this. Why did we ever think that we couldn't?
1: This because, is true. Exactly.
0: Because there was a reverence for youth and there yeah. was a glass ceiling, and there was an expectation that you had a shelf life. And yes. we're literally sitting here, like people are going to listen to this, and they're helping us prove that wrong. Yeah, it's remarkable.
1: It's it still blows my mind. Like I still, it's I, I don't know. I get so dumbfounded. I can't find words for. I don't know. You know, like I literally, I I left for that couple years, and I came back, and I was like, all right, I'm going to have an OnlyFans, and I started gaining like subscribers to OnlyFans. like why am I you know relevant you know what <laughs> happened here and it's it's like all of these people that I've never met in real life you know are proving to me all of these things and then not only are they proving that you know you could still be I don't know a person of interest after so many years And it doesn't matter if I'm like in my thirties or forties or anything. And they've proved that to me. And then they've proved to me that I could literally be myself still. And they're okay with it. Like I can literally complain about something or I can, I try not to complain too much on the internet, but you know, I could, I put something on the internet and they're just like, cool. I don't know. Like, it's like, I feel like when, when, when you first started, when I first started Suicide Girls and I learned about like the groups on Suicide Girls and the blogs on Suicide Girls and people would go on and they would, you know, respond and they would talk about, you know, whatever niche you wanted to talk about in the group, or maybe just something on your blog. And, you know, people would like have actual conversations with you on the website. I feel like a lot of people, you know, came for that. People still do that, and I guess I thought that was lost, (laughs) but now it's like people are coming to the OnlyFans, or they're coming to your Instagram, or they're coming to your Patreon, and they still, they're still, like, talking, and I just, I don't know, I guess I thought that part was was lost, I didn't think I was going to find connections on the internet now. And they prove me wrong, like real fast.
0: <laughs> I love that so much. And I'm also like really genuinely grateful to have a conversation like this with you because, you know, aside from Suicide Girls, our, life, our lives are different in, in so many ways. And mm-hmm. yet you're saying back to me the things I'm thinking in my own head. So it's very affirming to hear I'm not yeah. the only one that's like, A, surprised I'm still here, surprised I'm allowed to still be here, Surprised anyone cares. Like ultimately, it's challenging my belief in myself, but also my belief in other people and what they're capable of, yeah. and what they're willing to accept. And mm-hmm. I don't know where or at what stage I was led to believe otherwise, but we're basically just meeting people where they are. And truthfully, that was one of the biggest selling points, as you know, about Suicide Girls mm-hmm. back in the day, is that it was one of the earliest online communities. And then, yeah. if you're lucky you could meet us in real life and put a face to the name. But that that access is what they were offering and it didn't exist. This is pre-social media as we know it now. And the idea that those people would have changed, I never thought of it that way. And I wouldn't have expected it of them. So I don't know why I expected it of me,
1: you know? Touche. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess I think it would be interesting and helpful if you could tell us your origin story with
1: Suicide Girls. Ooh, okay. Yeah, well, okay. You remember. I, I, yeah. So I, you know, I'm from a small town, and I had friends that had a Suicide Girls DVD. Okay, maybe I should go back another step. So when I was a kid, I was really into the Spice Girls. This leads to Suicide Girls, I promise. Okay. So I thought the Spice Girls were just so cool. Like, you know, a group of girls, Girl Power, they were like, they dressed how they wanted to, they did what they wanted to. And I thought this was so cool. To me, that's what suicide girls like represent still in my head all these years later. So whenever I um, saw this DVD, um, Nixon was on the DVD and I was like, she is so cool. I love this girl. And so um, I actually when I first got to talk to her, I was just like over the moon. Um, So we uh, I was like, I want to do this. So I submitted an application. This was before member review existed. Um, member review started, I think in 2008.
0: Actually, you might be right. It was pretty late. I, I want to say 2008, 2009 though.
1: Yeah. So it was, it was like right after I came in, I was 2007. So I submitted an application and it got accepted. And I was like, cool. And so um, I was lucky enough to live like a few hours from the photographer. Like I didn't have to travel very far or anything um, and it was scheduled and I went to Columbus and I shot a set. And then um, that's where a lot of the parties were. So that was also very convenient and Hell City was there. So I got to experience a lot of the stuff. You know, it was right there. I was super, super lucky for that. And I went to my first SG party in Columbus, and I was like, I was kind of (laughs) nervous. And I met a handful of the girls. I met Bully for the first time. Still close to her, I love her. Yeah, I got to meet, you know, like a handful of girls. I was super excited, super nervous, super awkward, you know. there were like the suicide girl stickers, like the circles that were really popular for a while. And yeah. everyone was like sticking them on their boobies. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like people, you know, like that think like me, I just, cause you know, we didn't have the internet where now, the way it is now, where like you could post something on Twitter or Instagram and people are like, oh, I love this. So cool, check this out. And you yep. can't go, you know, you couldn't go through a, a, a TikTok and find, you know, people like you. So it was really cool to have people in the same room. Oh, my God. You know, they're like me. This is this is real life, you know. Uh, yeah. It was, it was so neat. And I remember later that night, meow, and someone else put on, like, 1980s-looking uh, leotards, and they were, like, doing, like, stretches and stuff.
0: Do you think it was uh, radical suicide? I remember her.
1: Oh, I don't know if she did. I know she came to one. Oh, what I remember most about Rigel, I loved so much about Rigel is like, she had a dress on, she was so done up, her hair was done, but she was wearing Converse, uh, shoes, like yes. the sneakers. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love her. Oh, she made cool. me super nervous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: I honestly, I think your ability in particular to be able to participate in some of the IRL pieces like me only Mm -hmm. cemented our choices further I would say right because we proved positive that we had found our people in essence yeah um but even just the idea that you without the tools we now have with social media and just with the internet in general that you could put yourself you know so to speak in the room with like-minded people which were Mm -hmm. other models but also the members I used to say yeah if you took the whole world and then you separated it into people who use the internet and don't, so you're already like, let's say 50, 50. And Mm -hmm. now you split that group into like more conservative people and people who are internet nerds. That's Mm -hmm. us. We're all in the same room together. Now, Mm -hmm. everyone who has like some kind of quirkiness or like, you know, they call it now like a deep dive or a deep cut, like somebody who you could just turn left, right, you know, up down sideways in a room and, which was the suicidegirls.com rooms or groups. Mm-hmm. And you could be like, do you know this game? Do you know this movie? What do you think of these dresses? Like when somebody was going to talk to you, you could yeah. show up the party by yourself and somebody was going to talk to you. Cause you mm-hmm. already knew you'd subdivided and subdivided and subdivided the population till you were mm-hmm. bound to have something in common.
1: Yes. I 100% agree with that. And I still have like, friends that I made at those parties, like, members that I still talk to online. Like, they're still around online. It's, and what? I met them, like, in person, you know. That was pretty cool. They would bring, uh, like, there was one member. He's on my OnlyFans. Super cool. So supportive still. We had gotten to know him so well that he would just, like, bring stuff for us to have, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, well, they were getting access, which again, is part of what that brand at that time was offering that was unusual or new or different. But we also did get, and maybe some of this was ignorant, but we did get a sense of support, at least tech support, certainly actually speaking of Rigel, who was um, both participating in the Ohio community events, as well as working in the office um, Mm -hmm. for a long time, she was the model coordinator. And I could Write any of us could write, and if we were having issues with someone, she could zot them from the website. And I don't mean unfounded, but I mean very yeah. like real, fair, yeah, fair and supported. Um, and it led us to trust that community at the time mm-hmm. with the way things were, and also, um, it it meant that it wasn't like taking candy from strangers because we weren't strangers. You invested, yeah. We know, that yeah. So did the members, and this was, um, again, a time when people put thought into their usernames and their avatars in a way you don't necessarily have to now. Where yeah. you were pseudonymous, but you were not anonymous. And yeah. what I mean by that is, you you wanted to establish a connection with a the model, then you wanted to prove who you were as a username, as an avatar. You know, mm-hmm. you you weren't gonna do a fake out because there was nothing in it for you. If you in fact wanted to attend events, at least this is how it was for SG Canada East, the group. If mm-hmm. as a member you wanted to attend, being a member of Suicide Girls was not enough. You had to very specifically interact in certain groups in certain ways and build trust with other members. And yeah. then you could unlock the opportunity to also be IRL with other members and the models. Not because mm-hmm. it was elitist, but because it was just like a self-checking ecosystem.
1: Yeah, yeah. to make it was a safety thing for sure.
0: Totally. And even though there's more access arguably now and more places to reach us and more places to connect, I have to say it feels less secure. And unfortunately, I had such a positive first experience, which I know is not true for many people Mm -hmm. that I moved in other spaces expecting the same level of trust and care. And let me tell you, spoiler alert, I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So you were really interested in something like spice girls which was i don't know maybe <laughs> one of the first places we were hearing terms like at the time girl power girl
1: power yeah uh,
0: basically they were talking about autonomy freedom to choose you know mm-hmm. and so yeah. you entered this environment and so did it live up was it was it like your own yeah. squad
1: I, I remember whenever this is and then like they announced the um the burlesque tour and like they traveled in a bus. And I was like, hello, (laughs) Spice Girls. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I remember like when the tour was here, every time the tour came to Cincinnati, well, I had like Suicide Girls get, you know, to like backstage passes for whenever the the tour comes to your town. But I also shot photos for the magazine because the magazine was like sponsoring the tour. But I got just like, I had a really cool vantage point, I think, shooting because I was allowed backstage other photographers were not I was because I was a suicide girl yeah that was really cool I got to go shoot all these cool pictures I have all these awesome pictures but um it was really cool to like go see the the show I think it was it was a different experience because I had already been with them for so many years at the time and they started touring again and um I was really cool. I really wanted to see this, you know, tour. And that was like a whole like seeing it, I think in a different light because people were paying for tickets to see them on stage, which was, I was used to like, you know, before that it was just the parties, you know, with the members. Yep. Um, and now it was, you know, people buying tickets and they were like on stage. So it was kind of like a separate, they, you, you could like, you could still do a meet and greet and stuff, but it was almost like they were like on this like pedestal. And in my mind, suicide girls were not on a pedestal like what is this you know so it was crazy I feel like it was like seeing it in a different light I guess you know like oh wow like and here I am on the side of the stage like taking pictures and like it was so insane to to see it and not like and it was so fun like you know whenever we were like backstage it was you know suicide girls as we know it you know we're shooting we're having fun we're you know it was exactly the same and even like the the pandemic happened. So for a couple years, I didn't see anyone. And then we launched, um, the inked only fans. And so we did like a promo for it in Chicago. And I got to meet, I took zombie and Casanova with me. Um, and there were a couple OGs, but there were a lot of newer girls and Penny, Penny's the new model coordinator. I love her. Have you met her? Not
0: in real life, but I have spoken to her on occasion and I've heard so many also positive. So
1: nice. And she's freaking gorgeous but she she helped me like you know bring in a couple of the girls and we were just in a hotel room shooting photos and I legitimately cried I was like I missed this so much because I, I that that's um, my life you know like that's just what I what I know and it was and I think some of the new girls were kind of like why is she crying you know but it, it was still it was still like people get it you know it was just so much fun and it was I just, I had missed just being in a room of positive people because I think that's what it is more than anything is just like positive people that are just happy to be there. Mm -hmm. That's kind of still in my experience where it differs is because you know, suicide girls will weed out people that are too like mean, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that
0: it's best. It is a space that when everyone sort of found their way to it and found their space within it, that it's going to self-regulate to a certain extent. At yeah. least that again was true in those, like, I'll call it like the heydays when there was yeah. anonymity. Um, What I see now though, of the people who have stuck around and who support me, or it sounds like who have stuck around and support you is they still have the same value system. And so it's allowing us to expect that anew in new spaces, whether it's OnlyFans or Patreon, or even Mm. just as we go to other events, tattoo or otherwise, where we're not having a built-in affinity, like we're not being given a pass or a booth to kind of hang out behind, but we're sort of like wandering we can expect hopefully on the best days that other people who are like-minded that find themselves there are just going to have some kind of respect or affinity for the same things as us. And therefore there's yeah. a commonality and therefore we are all genuinely happy to be there because especially after suffering through the, the distance of the pandemic, it is not something that we can take for granted in the same way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, 100%. Yeah. It's Yeah. I'm sorry. That's sinking into my head. And I'm like, wow, really, really? Yeah. Like you hit the nail on the head with that. I, I like not being stuck behind the booth, but yeah. I do miss, I do miss the booth days. I don't know when you were saying that it made me think about like this conversations had behind the booth and it's still the same. I feel like even, even like the members that I sometimes run into, I don't know, I guess I thought, Now that they're, you know, like you don't really have a booth as often. I wasn't going to run into members and I still have like members like walk up to me at random shows and I'm like, how are you? And it'll be a member that I knew from like 10 years ago and we'll be halfway across the country and they'll walk up to me at like a tattoo show. And I'm like, how are you? It's so great. And they remember me. I remember them. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, crazy. The cool
0: thing is that the booth gives you um like a home base, I've always called it. Yes. Like, quite frankly, is nice because okay, fine, we didn't have to pay for a ticket, but we did mm. do um some work on behalf of the brand in order to be there. That's what promo models do. But mm. we also had the safety of the booth in that, like you could go back to it as like a home base or Mm -hmm. a gathering point, or Mm -hmm. a spot to stash your snacks, you know, like, it was off, like, it was nice. But it also it did, it was almost like the stage, it was a bit of a pedestal, you know, it did make from the people on the other side of the table. And now here we are these years later. And because of that affinity that's been established, because of that Mm -hmm. brand identity, we can just meet on the floor now and and have um, the opportunity to be equals.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 100 yeah, percent Never did I think I'd be here 15 years later, but here we are. You know, here isn't that crazy? Subscribe to patreon.com backslash cupcake du jour
0: for more episodes and
1: behind the scenes content.
0: Happy to be here. Good, 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 <laughs> good.
1: good, good. <laughs>